1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard As the dust settles after yesterday's decision to end the Premiership season What next for Scottish clubs? Celtic will go looking for 10 in a row Rangers want to stop it And Hearts still hope reconstruction can save them The Scottish FA drops charges against the Ibrox side For their 2011 Euro licence I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me in the studio is Gordon DL And from the living room again is Roger Hanna you should know better, Gordon. The dust never settles in Scottish football. Yes, we're ticking some things off. As you say, Celtic champions, Rangers, Motherwell, Aberdeen into Europe. St. Johnson confirmed in the top six and then D United up. Hearts are down, but are they down? Will and make them budge over reconstruction? This season's over, but we don't know when, how or if the next one's going to start. Oh, will and make them budge? I mean, that, you just can't keep the tabloid down. You know, wonderful. That's why he's here. Well, I gave him that line the way in. I oh, was talking to him because he's getting new equipment, so um, he's obviously used that getting first air, Gordon. But no, it'll be interesting to see over the coming weeks what does happen. Uh, we know that obviously Celtic crown champions, uh, and congratulations to them. Uh, but what will happen at the other end? Will Hearts will they be relegated, or are they way back from? Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. That's the number for you to have your say I don't think you get over a day like yesterday In just one show And the phone lines last night would suggest that In fact the phone lines right now would suggest that So if you've got anything to get off your chest You maybe couldn't get through last night We're here for you We'll do it together Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five, And on Twitter at Clyde SSB The only thing we, we, we can agree on Roger is We got a degree of um, closure, if that's the right word A line was drawn yesterday In terms of the top of the table Not everyone is going to agree with it Not everyone does agree with it That's where we're at And um, some people will want to look forward Others perhaps will still have uh, Concerns or, or disagreements With the way things were handled Well listen Gordon We're not even at five past six And this is the second time I'm having to tell you off tonight You should know better than saying The dust settles in Scottish football It never settles It said begins to settle you, you should know better than talking about closure in Scottish football. There is never closure on any aspect of Scottish football. There won't be closure on Celtic becoming champions, and I agree with that. Congratulations to Celtic on winning the title. But there won't be closure because they'll still have callers on the show placing that little asterisk above this ninth consecutive title for Celtic. And there'll also be callers... You know, you said at the top of the show the SFA have ended the Rangers European licence disciplinary case. There will always be callers who hark back to this, who will be unhappy at that as well. So you don't get closure in Scottish football. That's what makes it so great. And not in time for the headlines, but we've got breaking news coming out of Ibrox this evening. So Rangers fans, what do you make of this? Rangers confirmed this evening Andy Halliday, John Flanagan and Wes Fotheringham will leave Ibrox upon the expiry of their contracts. Uh, added to that Jason Holt Jordan Rossiter Jack Annick So perhaps Not so surprising uh, The last three But Andy Halliday John Flanagan Wes Fotheringham um, Will depart Ibrox As their contracts are up They won't be offered new terms Or they won't be staying What do you make of that? 0141951 1025 um, Gordon that's probably one That we can get into In a bit more detail Later on I'm hoping the Rangers fans Will tell us What they think And what they would do With the squad um, But 
it's that time of the year you know in amongst all the madness about bringing the league to an end clubs have to plan they have to go forward and Kilmarnock have done something similar yeah uh, clubs are starting to look forward Gordon uh, after yesterday's announcement and rightly so they've got to keep planning uh, we will hear from other clubs with players leaving you look at that Rangers one there are not a lot of surprises in there apart from and I know he didn't get a lot of game time was Halliday because I think the manager liked Halliday I think he liked his approach about the place he, he knew him he could trust him he was a, a he's, you know he's a Rangers supporter a lad uh, loved the club but if you're not getting a game and you've got to free up spaces going you've got to free up money as well to bring in new blood for next season to try and pop a challenge uh, so uh, yes uh, uh, probably be more and it'll be interesting to see then who he's looking at, because obviously yesterday in the paper you're looking at Ferguson, Aberdeen for Rangers, you're looking at Dykes at Livingston, so it's going to be interesting. It'll keep us going and um, you know more clubs will be putting out lists of who are leaving. What about yesterday's decision then, Roger? Was that the, the only solution? Was there an inevitability about it? Should it have been done differently? Should it have been done later? They're just some of the questions that will be posed throughout the next... Two hours or so Give us a flavour of what you think Well it, it was done the way the clubs wanted it to be done Gordon You saw that on the Good Friday vote Not all the clubs But the majority of clubs um, The SPFL is a members association Made up of 42 member clubs They have a voting structure in place And when they reached this unprecedented stage of a season the clubs voted, we, we can't rehearse all the reasons for why they voted and all the, the whys and wherefores, but they voted to end the season this way. Um, it was noticeable yesterday when Neil Doncaster spoke in the statement that the 12 Premiership clubs had all agreed last Friday that it was time now to call the season. And as soon as the season was called yesterday, £7 million was handed out by the SPFL by way of prize money to the top 12 clubs. That's vital prize money. And it's not just vital prize money to the teams down the bottom. It's vital prize money at a time like this to Celtic, to Rangers, to Aberdeen and Hibs, to Motherwell, to the teams up the top, because they haven't had any income coming into these clubs since lockdown in the middle of March, they have huge levels of expenditure, namely player salaries and other high levels of outgoings. So it was important to the clubs to get that money in. And I just, I've said it for weeks in the show, Gordon, I just couldn't see a way where this season was going to be finished on the pitch. 01419511025, that's the number for you to have your say. So let's kick off with Stuart in Renfrew. Hi, Stuart. Hi, uh, how you doing? Not too bad at all, Stuart. How are you? All right, I know bad. Uh, I'm just want to, I'm just want to talk about the uh, going on about the finances there as well. Um, I just want to take us all back to 2012 when uh, since then I'd say most pundits have touched on this. The financial implications of the league doesn't uh, doesn't matter. What the um, the sporting integrity must uh, be there in the league. Now, come back to calling yesterday's. Uh, the, the title being awarded to Celtic um, that's basically giving them a chance at £30 million in the Champions League basically one qualifier to get in the Europa League if they don't manage that whereas Rangers has got to go through all the rigmarole again possibly four qualifiers again you know as we're trying to budge, budge that financial gap um, that's massive you know that's massive mm-hmm. money we're talking about here 
Um, so that that's really my first point. Yeah, let's deal with that then, Roger. Um, I mean, Stuart's absolutely right. He's not he's not said anything that that I would disagree with there. But it always comes back to what we've said a million times in the last couple of weeks. What was the alternative? Because UEFA want UEFA want you to come up with a sporting way of putting forward your teams for next season. So even if we had gone down the route of the Dutch model, as it's now become known, even if we had done that and not decided to award a title like they did, Celtic would still be getting our Champions League spot the way that Ajax got the Champions League or the number one Champions League spot in the Netherlands. Um, so what What's the way around the, the problem that Stuart identifies? Yeah, that, listen, I'm not sure... There is a way around it. Um, we're trying to deal with problems that we've never dealt with before. And to a certain extent, the SPFL are sort of pushed down an alley because of UEFA's requirements. You know, UEFA wanted um, sporting integrity, if I can use that phrase, when putting to pushing the teams towards Europe. They wanted one team from Scotland for the Champions League, three teams from Scotland for the Europa League. And th- there are so many ways in which this is, you could say, unsatisfactory. There's maybe a word Stuart would use because, you know, Celtic have won the league in circumstances that aren't satisfactory to anyone. Um, the Scottish Cup hasn't been completed, which isn't really satisfactory to anyone. The beneficiaries there are Aberdeen because normally only the top three would, would qualify through league position. But because there's no Scottish Cup entrant for Europe, Aberdeen take that slot. But, you know, it's possibly unsatisfactory to a Hearts or a Hibs who might believe they could have qualified for Europe through that. So I take on board the points that Stuart makes. be fascinating to see how European qualifiers are going to be played anytime soon given the restrictions for travel both outside the UK and coming back into the UK but I take on board this point and I, as you say Gordon I can't see what the alternative would have been Yeah Stuart I'll put the same question back to you what do we do about that because the only way to know for sure is to finish the season and if you're being told that you can't finish the season and the 12 clubs unanimously agreed on that yesterday what do we do? How do we get around it? No, I agree. That's that's fair enough. If the if the league needs to be finished and the place needs to be awarded, then that's perfectly fine. But there's got to be a way when teams are trying to budge from uh, financial gaps that uh, uh, a sporting advantage is not given to a team unfairly. And that's where we don't get paid to do that. That's where Mr Doncaster gets paid to figure out that. He gets paid a lot of money. He should be doing his job properly, in my opinion. And uh, and working our way out around this, you know, um, what's the, the the Sky Television, uh, the ten million pound that they were all saying was going to need to be uh, paid back? What's happening with that? Would Roger be able to give information on that? Uh, the the implications, uh, yeah. the, the league being named Sky next year. Are we are we getting money for that sponsorship or not? I'll put that back to Roger in a second. I want to bring Gordon in on, on your sort of initial point. You know that that sort of Neil Doncaster should do more, and it's it's a bit sporting merit. But but this is. Kind of what UEFA wanted Gordon UEFA said Finish your season if you can And if you can't You need to tell us Who is going to be In Europe Based essentially On, on current standings Or in some sort of yeah, Sporting I, I, outcome I, I think the date was Was it the 25th of May Yeah that, that, Six that, days that, time Yeah six days time Gordon So the decision was made yesterday Obviously it doesn't sit well With a lot of people you just, We were fighting a losing battle I was one that was always saying Give it as much time as possible but you could tell that we were never going to end the season, Gordon. So there was no easy way out here. And I think that with the 12 clubs agreeing, 
then I understand Stuart about financial with Celtic and the amount of money they make by being in the Champions League. But a lot of people argue the fact that did I think they were going to win the league? Yes, I did. So they would have been there anyway. Uh, Roger, what about Stuart's other point? Because there's so much tangled up here as well. You've got the sort of sporting side, the financial side. Stuart was mentioning that £10 million liability that was mentioned in Rangers' dossier um, that they felt clubs should have been made aware of. Where are we at with that? And and what about Stuart's point on that one? We're not really anywhere with it at the minute. Now, the league was only called yesterday. We've only had 24, 36 hours since the league was called. Um, As far as I know, nobody has asked for any money back at the minute. But, as we say, it's, it's still very early days. I think, personally... SPFL and Sky Sports have a very good relationship. They've just agreed a new five-year deal. Now, I can't quite remember how many games are in that, Gordon. Say there's, say there's 40 games a season over five years, 200 games of football. Now, Sky have lost approximately 10 games of football in the last couple of months during lockdown. So, is it realistic to think those 10 games could be embraced into the new contract and Sky get 210 games rather than 200 over the case of the next five years and that compensates them for anything they've lost out in the last two months. Um, Ladbrokes, the flagship sponsor, their deal comes to an end at the end of the season. Effectively now the SPFL don't have a flagship sponsor so I've no idea the strength of the relationship with Ladbrokes, whether Ladbrokes feel as if they require to be compensated for the last couple of months of their deal. Um, I've no idea whether any other broadcast partners, like BT Sport, whose deal with the SPFL has now expired, last show was on Friday, um, do they feel they need to be compensated for the last couple of months? They'll have missed out maybe eight or ten games as well. I don't know. As, as we stand here on Tuesday night, a day after the league was called, I don't think anyone, to my knowledge, has asked for any money back. But of course, listen, it's fluid times we live in. That could change at any day. Again, Gordon, we're kind of back to the to, to the not knowing. There may well be financial implications for calling the season, but there certainly would have been financial complications for voiding the season. Therefore, your only alternative is to keep on going, which we can't do. Right back to square one Yeah we can't do And uh, I think it was the correct decision Gordon But uh, it'll be interesting over the next coming days You know what what the discussions have been Because obviously behind the scenes They must be talking to broadcasters They must be talking to Sky They must have an idea of what sort of uh, avenue they're going to go And uh, it'll be interesting to hear that You know Stuart's having a go at Neil Doncaster there there's a lot on the plate just now. There's a lot of work to be done. We had, obviously, what happened a couple of weeks ago with the, the vote and the, the Rangers situation. Uh, we're starting to move on. We're looking at July. We're looking at the Cup again, starting to do that. We've finished the season. Places have been there. We've still got the arguments about relegation. Uh, obviously, Hearts, uh, I don't think that will take this line down. But it'll be interesting to just find out what, Discussions have been going on behind the scenes with obviously broadcasters and how much money, you know, if they're wanting anything back. Thank you to Stuart in Renfrew. Colin's a Rangers fan next up from Cumbernauld. Hi, Colin. Hi, guys. A couple of things, if you will. Um, first of all, I've not been on for a long time, to be honest with you, but I'm getting fed up hearing fellow Rangers fans coming on here trying to dress things up. I usually choose the other side of doing that. And, it's not very pretty. We're all coming on trying to say it's this, it's that, it's the next thing. When really it's just really bloody sore. Um, you know, it's all it was always going to be sore, nine in a row when it came. 
Um, we just want to, I like to focus on Rangers. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what happens, I'll always be a Rangers fan, and, and I'm happy with where things are just now, and I'm happy we're here at all. Um, so, you know, we weren't good enough this year, we looked as though we might be, finished the year well, then we threw it away. It's as simple as that. Um, so, you know, we need to stop saying, you know, throwing the toys at the pram, saying, oh, you know, it shouldn't have happened. If the rules were reversed, then I'd be expecting Rangers, you know, to be called. You know, if, you know, if I'm honest about that, if I'm totally honest. And, and I don't think it does us any good at all to get mired and, and, and all that nonsense. We should be looking forward. We've done a lot of good things. A lot of good, you know, there's a feel good factor about Ibrox. I take my son's six season tickets and uh, we're all enjoying it. And we're all enjoying the journey. Um, I'm old enough to have been on a few. Um, so there's a lot of good stuff, so I think we should focus on that. The other point that I would make, though, and I think it's a separate point, but I think one's knocking on to another is, you know, the whole voting debacle. And um, and I think, to be honest with you, and again, from a business point of view, you would do the same thing. But when Rangers were out the picture, you know, they years Celtic, you know, created a spider's web and and, you know, infiltrated every single part of the game. Um, if it was not directly, it was indirectly. Um, and that's just good business practice, and it's up to us to try and break that again and to try and be the force again that we were. And that's, that's just from a business point of view, but it does think the high happens. And, and people, you know, people voted for survival. People voted because they needed money. Um, Aye, uh, you know, it wasn't great, and and I can see if I was Rangers, I would take it as far as I could in order to shine a light on it. If I'm honest, uh, just depends, Roger, what that what that means, what what that looks like from from here on in. Because on that second point, Colin will speak on behalf of a lot of Rangers fans. Maybe not his first point, um, but certainly the the second one. Um, well, the second one you mentioned at the top of the show, dust settling, closure, Gordon. I don't think we're seeing too much of either of those things. The, the first point Colin makes, I, I thought he made it very well. Um, if the Rangers, the biggest thing for Rangers going forward now is to stop 10 in a row. That is where all of Rangers' energies must be channeled. Six players freed tonight, Halliday, Flanagan, Fodringham, Holt, Anik, Rossiter. Six players who, no disrespect to any of them, didn't really trouble Stephen Gerrard's first team too often. So Stephen Gerrard now is going to draw a line under last season. He's going to draw a line under the players that he's let go. And he'll now have to build a squad that can stop 10 in a row. He will need the support of all the players, he'll need the support of the boardroom, and he'll need the support of all the fans, Colin included, because for the next 12 months, that solitary item should be all that matters to Rangers. Not Europe, not the Scottish Cup, not the Betfred Cup. All that Rangers should focus on next season is stopping 10 in a row. They were very, very close to Celtic right through the first half of the season and it was only really in those six weeks coming back off the winter break until lockdown. You know, the game against Kilmarnock, the game against Hearts, the game against Hamilton, the drop points at Perth, that kind of thing cost them. So they did get close to Celtic next season. They need to leave Celtic behind them. Colin, what do you make of that news tonight? Just as we came on air, Rangers confirming that Andy Halliday, John Flanagan, Wes Fotheringham uh, all leaving, um, Jordan Rossiter, Jason Holt, so a few others in there as well. Colin, what do you 
what do you think about that news? I think, I think Lee Ross has been unlucky. I think he, you know, he had the potential to. You know, it'd be a standout, but the boys played the injuries. Uh, good luck to him. I hope he does something. Um, big ways. Ah, he's a great keeper. I don't know if maybe he's leaving because, you know, they're doing him a favour. Maybe he goes somewhere else and be a number one. I think he's good enough to be a number one, to be honest with you, Andy. Um, again, ah, he's a great guy to, you know, have about the place, but is that maybe doing him a disservice? Should he, you know, you know he should really be playing first-team football. Um, I would have him about the place you know, the time if, if that's what he wanted, but maybe the boy wants to play football. Um Nope, Collins disappeared That was threatening all after all evening To be fair, the line was a bit ropey at times uh, Gordon, this goes back to Do you remember Stephen Gerrard? In fact, every manager says this, don't they? About having two players uh, for every position And these guys would have come into that that bracket But I guess you need the, the second choice in that scenario To really be pushing the, the, the guy who's in front of him And like you said earlier With no disrespect to any of them that, that probably wasn't the case No, they were, they, they were actually squad players, Gordon And I think the Rangers manager Every time he's been in he, he's, he goes very heavy in the transfer market He brings a lot of players in He's trying to make sure that The person who's holding the jersey The guy that's threatening his place Is uh, you know, rather, near the same quality You know, to put a bit of pressure on the, the, the number one choice You look at that, there's no surprises there um, I just thought that they were bench fillers rather than come on and change a game or whatever. I think you're right. If, it's a, if you're a player and you look at, for instance, Halliday, real Rangers man, everybody you know loved him because of that. But he wasn't good enough to take your next step, Gordon. And sometimes you've got to be honest about it. And I think that's what the manager's probably done. He sat down and says, "Look, you know, you need to go and play football because, and, and obviously, further your career." Rangers fans, what do you think? 0141 951 1025 And we're going to be joined live in the show By Celtic's Ryan Christie next Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors Experienced players who know how to win Talk to Thompson's.com Roger Hanna's in his living room Gordon DL is in the studio And I'm pleased to say we're joined on the line By Celtic's Ryan Christie Ryan, how are you? Thanks for joining us I'm not bad, thank you, are you? Yeah, not too bad at all I suppose congratulations Our first uh, priority, Ryan After being awarded the title yesterday Clearly under very unusual circumstances How did the did the news reach you? Did you see it on social media like everyone else? Do you get contacted by the club to tell you these things? How did it play out? Um, well, to be fair It was actually my dad that <laughs> let me know um, <laughs> he, was, uh, he was obviously following... Um, the kind of meeting or whatever it was to decide this and as soon as it was kind of out he was the first one to text me so um, obviously delighted to kind of um, find obviously in very strange circumstances um, but yeah like I said I was, I was delighted to kind of uh, finally kind of get given the winner's medal and you know obviously wraps up the season um, I'm just kind of look forward to hopefully whenever football can get back now Yeah it's one that comes with a huge historical significance as well being Celtic's ninth title in a row, have you been able to to take that in and enjoy that that recognition? Um, given that it, that has happened under pretty bizarre circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think obviously everybody's going to, um, you know, say that this, that, the other. It's the first thing everybody else is going to want to say that it's going to be tainted or whatever. But you know, for us, I think we've put in all the hard work from from the season until we stopped, and I think nobody can can argue with the fact that we were deserved winners when you look at. You know the points difference that we'd we'd kind of built up 
um, you know, up until the break and, um, you know, everybody else couldn't really cope with that. And, um, yeah, like I said, I think nobody can really, um, you know, argue with it. Uh, any virtual celebrations last night? A Zoom call or anything that, since that's the done thing these days? <laughs> um, no, not really. A few of the boys were uh, were on the PlayStation, um, and that was a good laugh. But apart from that, no, there wasn't there wasn't too much. And um, that was probably obviously the only frustrating thing about you know the way it's panned out is not getting to celebrate with with your teammates. We've you know we've all played together and done um, you know done all the hard work throughout the season together. So. It's just trying not to, you know, kind of lift the trophy at the end of it. Ryan, it's Roger Hanna. Congratulations on the title. Does, Thank you. Does this one does this one feel any different simply because you don't get that opportunity as a team to celebrate with the fans to to see Scott Brown lift the trophy? Does it is there an, an oddness to it? If you like, yeah, yeah. Of, of course, it's different. It's very strange, but um, you know, I think hopefully once everything kind of subsides uh we'll, we'll get the chance to kind of celebrate it as a team um but i think first and foremost you know when it is strange you realize of you know why it's strange and that is because that you know that um if it was to be any other way we'd be putting people's lives in in danger so you know when you put it like that then um you completely understand why the, the precautions have been taken um and yeah it's different but i'm, I'm sure hopefully someday down the line we'll get to celebrate it together as a team I need to put you in the spot as well. My colleagues in the Football Writers Association have announced today that they will hold a Player of the Year award this season. You're a former winner of our Young Player of the Year award. If you had a vote, who would you be voting for this year? Uh, I'd probably be going to uh, Hudson Edward for me, big French area, I think. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to play alongside him all season and he, he certainly makes my job easier, that's for sure. So, um, you know, my vote would would probably have to go to him. I said that as well with our kind of our, our club player of the year. Um, he's been outstanding, and um, the kind of the cool head he has on such kind of young shoulders, it's quite incredible. So, um, you know, he I'm sure everybody's aware how far he'll probably go in the game, and you know, hopefully the club right now are just doing their best to keep a, keep a hold of him. I'm sure there are fans listening, Ryan, who who want you to realise that that you deserve a whole lot of credit for for the efforts this season. Who else? You know, you mentioned Odson, and I'm thinking obvious candidates being Scott Brown and James Forrest because they've been there th- throughout this this run. You know, t- towards the nine titles. How important have guys like that been in terms of instilling that that winning mentality across the piece? Yeah, well, the pair of them, the pair that you mentioned there, you know, Bruni and, and Jamesy. I think, um, you know, the pair of them have have picked up every single trophy this nine in a row, and that, and it's, that in itself is pretty pretty incredible and. Um, you know the pair of them to to keep kind of churning out the performances they do every single season. Um, you know even with Bruni, the age he is now, and he doesn't show any signs of slowing down. Um, you know, and apart from them two as well, likes kind of Carl McGregor, who um, you know is a is a one of the best players I've certainly ever played with. Um, you know, kind of in the midfield, and and him and Bruni now have kind of cemented that place. And it's very rarely now we go into a game and get overrun in midfield, and that's. That's probably what we base our game around. So, um, you know, I could list a, a right few of the boys who've been exceptional this season and helped us get over the line. How do you look back on your own season? Your story was one that dominated this show so many times. He's coming on at Murrayfield and scoring the goal against Hearts and really kicking on from there. And then, of course, you, you've had injury frustration as well. So, spells out of the team, started the season 
on fire And then it's obviously For everyone It's come to a very Different and disruptive end So how do you look back On it all for yourself personally? It's been good I've, I've, I've enjoyed it I've really enjoyed it um, You know I, I had some concerns Obviously with the injury At the end of last season And coming back And um, you know Our, our gaffer now at the time Hadn't seen me play And to be honest I, You know I didn't know If I was in his plans or not And um, coming back into pre-season Um but to, to be fair to him, he's been excellent with me, and he kind of he's, he's he's put me in right from the start of the season, and uh, you know I've loved the position I've been playing in, the way the boys have been playing, kind of free flowing attacking stuff suits me down to the ground. So um, you know it's been brilliant. I managed to kind of pick up a few goals on the way as well. So um, you know I'm kind of happy to to match the targets that I'd, I'd set for myself. And what what did they do in, in lockdown, Ryan? How do you get a title medal in lockdown? Do you have to wait until next season? Is some you know does it get ridiculous? A, a vision of a vision of the postman at your front door, you know, with your title medal. Do you know how you know something like that happens in lockdown? No, no idea. You've probably got as much clue as me. Um, we've 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 not been told that yet. Um, I don't know when we'll we'll be getting it. Obviously, I don't know if we'll get to touch the trophy for a wee while either so um, you know that side of things like I said it is a wee bit kind of frustrating but um, you know a bit of patience and hopefully everything blows over and we'll get to do that soon enough The only thing I'd say Ryan Gordon-Dale here the only thing I would say is behave yourself the next time you're out running because Mark Wilson was very very upset the way you went by him and you were about 300 yards by him within seconds so he's an old (laughs) old man he's got a a bad knee so just slow down and give him a wee bit of confidence this is true Ryan apparently you blazed past Mark Wilson on the Clyde side uh, last week now we know he's retired and his knees gave up a long time ago some people would say he couldn't run to begin with uh, but he says he was properly um, he realised why he was retired and why you are still at the top of the game in Scotland because you you left them for dead out running. You, you still keeping yourself ticking over? <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't throw a leg out to try and trip me over. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we've been you know we've been given stuff by the club obviously for the last how many weeks it's been. Um, you know we get our kind of schedule at the start of the week um, to do all the kind of running Monday to Friday, um, and we just kind of follow that. Um, it's been okay to be fair obviously the the, the guys that, that we've got the club all the staff do an amazing job of kind of keeping it very versatile and you know we don't really get bored of it um, you know so it's been not too bad I think without kind of doing all this running and stuff you, you start to get in your own head a bit in the current situation so it's good to kind of keep fit, keep motivated Yeah we, we've got a degree of certainty now with regards to the football we know that this season's finished we know that, that Celtic are champions and, and various other places have been given out do you the, the bit we still don't know, Ryan, is, is sort of what happens next and, and when we come back. Are you guys working to any sort of timetable at all? You know, will you now treat this as as a proper off season, if you like? Will you, will you stop the training program and that then kicks in at a certain date down the line? Are you working to any schedule at the moment? Yeah. So, well, I mean, we don't we don't have a particular date, of course, but we we've got, I think. Uh, we've been told, looking at the kind of hopefully the end of June to to get in training in in some way. Obviously, down in England, they've kind of started with um, you know more kind of small groups and non-contact. Um, I think we'll probably be similar to, at the first stages of getting back. But um, as for now, I think because the season was just about to end, we've kind of relaxed a wee bit on the running and and taken what would naturally be our our kind of holiday break. Um, and then the nice thing, obviously. Uh, this time is we'll get a kind of proper pre-season into us when we do eventually come back around I think with all the qualifiers and everything 
being pushed back and so forth then uh, you know we'll get a good few weeks to get back up to speed again Roger anything you want to add before we let Ryan get back to the PlayStation or the running I was just going to say I was just checking my paper May the 19th you're not going to get back to full training at Lennox Town to the end of June how long is the captain's hair going to be by then <laughs> too long I'll tell you that um, I don't know if he's, he's he's somehow lost his clippers I think during lockdown I don't know how he's managed that but few boys would be nice enough to send him a pair I'm sure he'd appreciate it yeah, I noticed he was getting a bit of stick uh, for the for the pictures yesterday Ryan thanks again for joining us um, hopefully uh, we'll speak to you again soon take care no worries at all thank you good man that was Ryan Christie thanks, uh, Ryan. Celtic midfielder they're celebrating the title win yesterday not in the way that of course he would he or anyone else uh, would have liked but that's where we're at thanks again to Ryan good time though for you to get a call in 01419511025 travel with Stephen and you could be next Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Helping you return to action Talk to Thompson's.com Roger Hanna and Gordon Diel Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard And Roger it's been a pretty frustrating period When you think about it With every day you go through in May Especially around this time of May You think oh it should have been the Scottish Cup final Or it should have been the, the, the last day of the league season Or on this day last year Everyone's got these great memories that pop up uh, But we've actually got our own significant one Gordon DL May the 19th Yep 2020 Yep You want to tell everyone? I should be actually Lying in hospital Just now Gordon The big hip hop Roger hip-hop. It should yep. have been today He's been boring Everyone to tears with it For the last 10 months Today should have been the day And he's been robbed Of the chance To get the hip seen to Well it's very difficult he's, he's still managing out For a cycle He can still manage out In the bike But it's been a frustrating Spring for everyone Frustrating springtime For Daz in particular Not only has the surgery been put on hold? But so's his acting career. There's no yeah, filming for, for this sitcom. Roger, I forgot all about that. How are you feeling though? Because I know the listeners are really worried about the hip, and they they wanted you to get get it sorted, taking it all right. I'm taking okay. I've just got to accept it, Gordon. Uh, I'm so glad Roger just mentioned my acting career there because yeah. I need to well, go... filming at social distance is difficult. I know. You know? Well, Coronation Street's kicking back soon, so there might just be a wee gap in okay. there for me to get my. Myself and my new career going. Right okay 01419511025 I think that's more than enough uh, <laughs> About that Bob is in Fife tonight though Hi Bob Hi there How are you? You well? I'm doing fine Good I hope stuff. you guys are Yes good. What have you got for us? Uh, two questions mm-hmm. um, A lot of discussion about uh, The fact that the SPFL Had to be called And called this way So the first question is Why is it okay to call the SPFL With eight games to go but not call the Scottish Cup with four games to go. What's the difference? Roger. Uh, the difference is the SPFL and the SFA, two separate bodies. The SPFL decided that was how they wanted to conclude their competition. It was a vote of the 42 member clubs. The SFA have decided they want to proceed and take the Scottish Cup into next season. And you know, I'm not actually sure when they'll finish. The last bulletin from the president, Rod Petrie, was talking about actually finishing it in the calendar year 2021. Part of the rub here, Bob, is again financial, and we always talk every week in the show about how money dictates Scottish football. SFA have had a lot of financial setbacks this spring. Um, they missed out in a full house for the Scotland Israel game. Um, they would ordinarily have had other. International games at Hamden, they would have brought money in. They would have had two Scottish Cup semis, they would have brought money in. The big payday, the Scottish Cup final, would have brought money in. They've had none of those. They desperately need big occasions at Hamden to bring some money into the SFA coffers. And if they don't 
have a Scottish Cup final and two semi-finals at some stage is going to be a real financial problem for them And is it worth bearing in mind Roger that the Scottish FA make money off it but as do the clubs Now I, I know that the, I know there are obstacles there And we understand that it could be ridiculous That Hearts are relegated They lose, lose half their team And then they're going to have to compete in a Scottish Cup final uh, Scottish Cup semi-final Sorry, But this is going to be at a time when Hearts really need the money So I'm not sure Hearts would want the Scottish Cup cancelled at this moment No, and listen You get to the semi-final There's only four teams in oh, Probably all four teams will fancy their chances of getting to a final And once you're in a Cup final, Gordon, you know Anything can happen. So they'll all be quite content to carry things on into next season. It does, you, you, you know. Surely the unpredictability of, of anything can happen could apply to the SPFL equally as to the Cup in a football game. Yeah. Well, uh, listen, I take that on board, but if you look at the, the Scottish Premiership, there were eight times six fixtures, which are 54. 48 games plus the Rangers and Johnson, 49 games left on the calendar. It's a lot easier Compared to play to two semi-finals and a final than it is to play 49 league games. Yeah, I mean, that, is that not the, the, the difference here, Bob? Because a lot of people are asking the question, but the first and foremost thing to remember, one's the SPFL, one's the SFA. So they're not actually linked. And then when, when you look beyond that, as Roger says, we're trying to equate playing 49 games with playing three You've also got the added factor that this league season has to be finished before the next one can start, really, and, and that Sky TV deal can kick in. Whereas, with regards to the Cup, if, you know, if they need to play it in, in a few months' time, other than a few issues you know, surrounding the squads and stuff, that, that sounds like the type of thing we can get around, which we maybe couldn't do with the league. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It seems to be that there is a major disconnect between the two leading bodies in Scottish football. And uh, that kind of leads on to, to what my second question was going to be. Because of this, this disconnection in how to view and value football games, do you believe that we actually have the right people to take us forward in what is probably the most difficult time that Scottish football is going to face? Roger? In, in terms of the personnel at the top of the two governing bodies, Bob? The, the, the people making the decisions, yeah. Well, the clubs yeah, make well, a lot of the decisions. Yeah, th- that's the thing. Um, I think I'm not going to come on here and defend Neil Doncaster or defend Murdoch McLennan. They're big enough to do that for themselves. But you know, all of these decisions that have been taken lately have been taken by the clubs. Neil Doncaster and Murdoch McLennan don't have votes on these things. They're just there almost to administer the vote, if you like. You know, the the Good Friday vote, eighty-one percent. It was eighty-one percent of clubs voted to end the season early. Neil Doncaster and Murdoch McLennan don't have a say in any of this. Neither does Rod McKenzie, the lawyer. Um, the, you know, last week it was a meeting of the 12 Premiership clubs to confirm that they were ready to call the Premiership season again. Neil Doncaster doesn't have a vote in that, so he has been demonised in some quarters throughout this since the Good Friday vote. But in terms of SPFL governance, a lot of that is down to the clubs. The vast majority of it is down to the clubs themselves. You'll find it again, and Budge will find it when she tries to bring this reworked reconstruction proposal. Neil Doncaster won't vote in it and decide whether we're going to have a 12-team top flight or a 14 top flight or whatever. The clubs will vote. So the SPFL is the clubs and they make the decisions. SFA probably less so because um, a lot of decisions are taken, but the S, you know, the board level where there's only 
a handful of people, including um, Ian Maxwell, Rod Petrie, people who have no longer have any allegiance to clubs. Um, so I mean that you can have a different argument about that. But in terms of the big SPFL votes, the ones that have caused all the controversy lately. It's the clubs that have made the calls. I do agree, Roger, that obviously there have been mistakes made, Gordon. But you can you understand that because of the situation and the difficult times that we're in. Uh, there was one or two things that wasn't handled very, very well indeed. But I think a lot of clubs recognise that. Even yeah. if, they, if they said they didn't want this investigation right now, you know, perhaps it's something that, that can be looked at at another time. Yeah, exactly. And I, I do agree with Roger saying there, you know, Neil Delacaster's just there to lead it. He doesn't get the votes. It's the clubs that make the decisions for that. Um, so who, what do you want to start now? Rip that up and start over, over again? I think that me personally, I think, yes, he's come in for a bit of criticism. Uh, we all know that. But I just think it's the best way to go forward. And I think at least he's trying to do something to take us forward. And of course, Roger, such as the, the makeup of the SPFL board, but it's club representatives that are on there. And uh, I think there's been more spotlight on them than ever before. But, but that changes. And I would imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, this summer, those guys that are on there will, will step down from the board and will be replaced by other set of representatives from different clubs around the country. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if there's a stampede to take those is it nine <laughs> positions on the board. Um, I think there's, there's a three from the Premiership, two Championship, one League One, one League Two. I can't do my arithmetic. Seven, because there's, there's two non-execs yep. sitting on the board as well. It'll be interesting to see if off the back of the criticism that the current board have taken over the last six weeks or so, how many people will be willing to step forward and put themselves under that spotlight mm. next season. Bob, you take care. Thanks for getting in touch. Stevie in Strathblane is up next. Hi, Stevie. Evening, lads. Hope you're all well. Thank especially you very much. Fella, especially that old fella for Clyde Bank. Who's that? Um, Shug? Mr. Keevans. Oh, he's fine. Oh, he's great. Don't worry. Uh, the man cave's looking after him. I'd like to talk about this decision to end the league. Now, I don't know if anybody said this, brought this up, right? But it's actually in the rules in the rule book that the season's 38 games but if there are circumstances where the 38 games are going to be completed then the league gets called as is so that that's actually the rules so all that's happened here is the rules have been applied Celtic haven't been given this title they've earned this title they're in first place the rules have been applied and it's worth pointing out that despite all the Dossier and all the rest of it And then Wailing and National Team Rangers have voted for this Because like every other club They need the money That's the reality So that's my first point My second point is The boy that was on earlier Talking about it's no fair Celtic getting into the Champions League And Helicopter Sunday and all that Are you seriously suggesting To any reasonably intelligent football fan That Celtic could be caught By a team who imploded Get beat by the bottom team in the league who'd only won four games all season. And the very next game, get then beat by the other team at home that were the bottom of the league. That is no title winning for them. Rangers imploded. They had a real good shot up to New Year and then it blew it. So if the Rangers fans are disgruntled and angry, and I know because I've been there, I'm at an age when Rangers done their nine in a row, they should really no be looking at this rule being applied. They should really be looking at the way the team performed after the winter break. That's where it was lost. Yeah, I think I think Celtics. Uh, you talk about Rangers exploding. I thought Celtics forum after uh, December, uh, especially losing against Rangers. After that, they were absolutely terrific. Gone. Um, they went on a fantastic run. 
scoring bags of goals. You know, they hardly dropped any points, put a lot of pressure on the Rangers. Um, on the decision, I don't see how else you can do the decision. Now, we will never know could Rangers have caught... Because it's a Rangers, pointless, isn't it? Because yeah. no, no, none yeah. of the pundits here think or, or predicted that Rangers were going to catch Celtic, but it was possible. It was arithmetically possible, mm-hmm. and therefore we'll never know. We'll never know. So we have to come to a decision, and at the d- time of the decision, Celtic were 13 points clear with a game in hand. So, you know, they deserve to be crowned champions. It's as simple and straightforward as that. We couldn't get round it any other way because we would... You know, I listened to Ryan Christie there and, you know, he would go and win the league. I was never fortunate enough to go and win the top league. But to go and win a league, there's nothing... For a footballer, it must be great to go and get that trophy, get your medal. Ryan Christie doesn't even know. And he's he's put so much work into his Celtic career. Doesn't even know when he's going to pick up his winner medal, Gordon. So it's tough for everyone... But I thought the decision was right And I think Celtic deserved what they got uh, Roger, what about Stevie's first point? I think there is I think he's right I think there is a, a line in there in the rules um, Correct me if I'm wrong The Premiership ends after 38 games Or when the SPFL board decide No more games will be played Just for accuracy though Rangers agreed yesterday to To curtail the season, Roger But they didn't They didn't vote for that initial proposal So those are two Slightly different things Yeah And, and listen Stevie's right um, The one thing that I always go back to For anyone that argues about how this season Was finished um, And I heard Neil Doncaster talking about this a couple of weeks ago Until someone comes up With an alternative To the way this season was finished That ticks more boxes Than the way this season was finished Then I, I can't really see much of an argument Against what has actually happened Um 13 points clear. Yes, Rangers could have caught Celtic. I think it's highly unlikely. Um, but from early, very early doors, Gordon, I didn't think this was going to get finished on the, on the pitch. I just couldn't see in the current lockdown scenario and with the advice that's coming from the government and the government's medical advisors that this season was ever going to be finished on the pitch. So as soon as that realisation dawned, I couldn't see any other final result than Celtic taking the title, Rangers, Motherwell, Aberdeen taking the European slots, and Hearts being relegated. And then you just move that down the leagues, the United, Wraith, Cove up, Partick Thistle and Sunrara unfortunately going down. And yes, there's an element of unfairness on Hearts, on Partick, on Sunrara. You can argue there's an element of unfairness on the sides who are in the promotion playoff places right through the leagues that they didn't get the opportunity to go up. But um, there's a lot more unfairness through the country caused by this coronavirus, this national emergency, Gordon. Um, football's only just, you know, been slightly touched by this. Society has been changed forever by this. So if a few teams have been, by their way of thinking, you know, unjustly dealt with, then unfortunately, that is just the way it's going to have to be. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Thank you to Stevie and Strathblane. It's time for Beat the Pundit. Get on here, answer more questions right than the pundit, and win a signed ball. It's that simple. 0141 951 1025, and you need to call before 7. Super Scoreboard. With Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Your comeback is on. Talk to Thompson's.com. Gordon DL in the studio Roger Hanna in his living room And it's time for this 
Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. So, beat the pundit time at Roger Hanna Gordon DL has been pleading with me Throughout the break there, throughout the news uh, To make you eligible for beat the pundit You've been off the hook for the last 7 or 8 weeks Because you've been in the living room You sound quite good tonight The the, the technology seems like it's playing ball Are you willing to be have your name put in the hat? Oh absolutely Listen, it's, it's a difficult enough day for Daz Missing his operation, I don't mind taking the heat yeah, in fact, someone sent me a tweet there. Robert Clark tweeted in to say that Rangers are, are trolling you as well, Gordon. On the day that you you, you got turned, well, didn't get turned away, but the, the day you got denied your hip operation, Rangers goal of the day today is a Claudio Canigia against Air. So they're just bringing back the, the memories for you, and they've, they've published it on Twitter. I don't anyway, remember that one. Let's meet tonight's contestant. Johnny is in Inverary. How's it going, Johnny? All good. How are you? Not too bad. Was that bad news there, Johnny? When I said that I'm going to let Roger Hanna be eligible to play tonight. No, no, that's fine. Oh, I like that. Johnny's oh, confident. Johnny's confident. Uh, we'll toss the coin anyway, though. I'm a fair man. Heads, it's Roger Tails. It's Gordon. And it is Heads. It's been a while since I could say that. Roger Hanna up against Johnny in Inverary. So I need to press a slightly different button, I think, just to get rid of Roger Hanna. I think we're rid of him. Producer Dan, does that look about right? Yeah, I think it does. Okay, so 30 seconds on the clock, Johnny. You'll be up against Roger. The only thing you need to know is you can. Pass. Just get it out of the way quickly and move on to the next one if you don't know it. All right. Yeah, sure. Good man. Time starts now. How many top division titles have Celtic now won? Fifty-three. Which country does Rangers Joe Aribo represent? Nigeria. Who was the Scotland captain at the ninety-eight World Cup? Paul Lambert. Didier Deschamps is the manager of which national side? France. Which side were finished fourth in the Scottish Premiership this season? Aberdeen. Who's the Hearts manager? Daniel Stendhal. Which Scottish side are nicknamed the Loons? Pass. Okay, let's see if we can bring Roger back. Uh, Roger, can you hear us? Yeah, I've got you oh, back, good. Gordon. Yep. Oh, that worked. Right, okay. Sigh of relief. Same set of questions to you. 30 seconds on the clock. Remember, you're still on minus one. I don't care if you're at home or not. Your time starts. No. How many top division titles have Celtic now won? 51 Which country does Rangers Joe Aribo represent? Nigeria Who was the Scotland captain at the 98 World Cup? Colin Hendry Didier Deschamps is the manager of which national side? France Which side finished fourth in the Scottish Premiership this season? Aberdeen Who is the manager of Hearts? Daniel Stendhal And which Scottish side are nicknamed the Loons? Forfa Okay, okay Johnny, what do you think? That sounds close enough but I, think it, I think it was, I was close Between Colin Henry and Paul Lambert ah, See, you were both good I must say, first one How many top division titles have Celtic won? Ah, absolutely Now Johnny see Here's the thing Because you, I mean you were close enough And you're a Celtic fan But Roger Hanna's the type of guy That gets these right on the nose 51 titles for Celtic now uh, Which country does Rangers Joribo represent It's Nigeria You both knew it um, So is that his level Because Roger's minus yeah. one Gets wiped yeah. out Yeah so we're level Who was the Scotland captain At the 98 World Cup Colin Hendry Roger moves one in front Didier Deschamps France manager You both knew it You both knew Aberdeen Finished fourth You both knew that Daniel Stendhal uh, was the Hearts manager And which Scottish side are nicknamed The Loons It is Four for So one, two, three, four, five Six for Roger Hanna And a four for you Johnny That is a perfectly respectable scoreline But unfortunately he got six Hard lines
mind losing to Roger Hanna. If I'd lost to Gordon, it would have been a different story. Thanks, Johnny. Quite right. No worries. I'm being, I'm being, <laughs> Good man, Johnny. Take care. I'm being truthful here. I got five. I, I, I went 52 for Celtic's titles, mm-hmm. right? So I'm one out. Do you know who my captain? <laughs> never going to believe my captain in the World Cup. I put Paul McStay. 98 And Roger Do you think it's funny though One of the great mysteries Of of football at the moment How Gordon Deal Claims to be so good At beat the pundit uh, Yet for two Weeks in a row Is it three weeks in a row Two uh, we've all seen the third Three day. weeks in a row I think oh, Mark yeah. Wilson has absolutely Destroyed him In the lockdown <sighs> quiz It's funny that Well uh, it's funny I think it's It's one of two things Either Daz Melts Under the pressure Or My suspicion is that the mushroom has spent lockdown swatting up in all his football books because I would have thought when he, the two of them used to do beat the pundit on the Thursday night, I always thought Daz had better answers than the mushroom. But when it comes to this Thursday, this head to head, the mushroom's just driven on. You've you've made Mark Wilson look smart. That's what that's what you've managed to achieve during this lockdown. Uh, it's a big big week for me. I'll need need to really get an early Wednesday night. Yeah, Thursday night lockdown quiz will be back. Way, Gordon. If you'd put a picture of Daz on Ryan Christie's back, the mushroom might have kept up with him. Very true. Very true indeed. Right, 01419511025 to get involved in the phones at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Now, I'm delighted to say we're joined on the phone by Charlie Mulgrew, who joins us at the moment. Charlie, how's it going? Hi, how you doing? All right? Yeah, not too bad at all. Charlie, to everyone who's been on recently, we just start with the most dull question of how's lockdown been? What on earth have you been up to? Uh, what have been up to man? <laughs> Homeschooling um, Doing the kids Doing the kids uh, School work Is the first thing Comes to mind Because that takes me About six hours In a day <laughs> Nightmare um, Apart from that Just Keep myself fit And just Kid myself on doing the, About the garden And in the house And just stuff like that General stuff like that Boom really Yeah I mean we've all been Keeping a close eye on Obviously what's happening up here what, What's the situation um, In England at the moment The English Premier League's getting a lot of, of Of the headlines if you like And, and testing players For you know English Premier League level What about Below that at Championship level What Where are you at in, in the process We're in We're getting tested on Friday The plan is to Get tested Friday Get the results back 24, 48 hours and then if you, you're, you're all clear, uh, your test is positive, then you're back training Monday in groups of five, social distancing. And the plan going forward for that is hopefully a week of that. Um, obviously, if you test positive, then you're, you're a week yeah. isolation. Um, and the plan going forward after that, hopefully all going well, is back in larger groups the week after that, kind of more contact stuff. And then, again, larger groups again, I think, the following week and building into games, I think. Yeah, how, how do you feel about that then? Is there any apprehension? Again, I know at, at Premier League level there's been a, a few players have kind of spoken out and said they're they're not comfortable with it. How do you feel personally? No, I'm I'm um, I'm dying to get back to it. I think that we uh, I think that we should get back to it and get going. That's that's my opinion. I think that um, I can understand people's people's feelings and everybody's in a different situation with family members and different situations. But I think that. Uh, I think that we've got a responsibility as players to get back, get back playing and 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 slowly we'll get back into workplaces. I mean, there's a lot of people back back doing doing certain certain jobs, and and um, I think that we should get back, and it's time for us to get back. And as long as it's in the right scenarios, they're talking about testing testing us on a Monday, and then testing us on a Thursday again um, before the weekend games, and continuing that. So 
Let's see the reason why not. Uh, Roger will bring you in. I know Char- you'll be keen to speak to Charlie. Yeah, uh, Charlie's Roger. How are you? How are you doing? I'm right? just going to ask. I'm not bad. I was just going to ask. You probably saw the German football, the Bundesliga, again back at the weekend. There, it Aye. seems strange. All these big name players performing in front of empty stands. How odd is it going to be? You know, for a guy used to playing in front of thousands and thousands, suddenly it's just going to resemble almost a game at a training ground. I um, it's got it's going to take a bit of getting used to. But we've all played in in, in practice matches and training. We've all played in stadiums. Um, like uh, when it's been no fans and that, so I think that I think you just need to go on. Mate, it will be a bit take a bit of getting used to, but it's better than it not playing at all, I suppose. And I was going to ask you see this the, traditionally the time of year that all the clubs list all their free transfers. You see the the Lanskin out of Rangers and Kilmarnock tonight, for instance. What happens with all the players down south? How have the PFA got themselves involved? Are all contracts that were due to expire, are they now going to be extended until such times that the Premiership and Championship can be finished? I well, didn't hear you get, um, when your contract ends, ends, ends at the end of June generally, and then you get, uh, you get paid in the month of July until you get a club. So you'll always get paid that month anyway. As an extra, as, until you until you find a club really. To, so I think that they're just continuing that, and but the players are obviously having to work it, uh, uh, be contracted in that time. Well, they don't have to be. Players can refuse, but um, I don't really see the benefit in a player refusing. Other than you can obviously think, well, what if he gets injured or what if something happens to him? But every club's in the same situation, so. I've not heard any players refusing so far to honour that kind of extra month, but we'll, um, we'll wait and see. I'm sure that the stories will mm-hmm. come out and, and, and things like that will, will, will uh, come up in the next few weeks. Yeah, in terms of us up here, Charlie, that's it. It's done and dusted. Um, calling the Premiership yesterday, Celtic being awarded the title, ninth one in a row. As someone who's well, kind of looking at it from the outside, but obviously having been up here and, and in fact played a part in that, what do you make of of how it's played out up here? Yeah, it's probably the right decision. I mean, um, it's, it's 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 not it's probably not ideal and not the way every team wanted to, wanted it to be. But um, it is what it is, and it sort of obviously went safety first and all, and all that kind of stuff. So um, you got to respect the decision, and I think that. The, the way it's worked, it's, it's, it's a well-deserved title for Celtic anyway. Rangers were never going to come back and catch catch Celtic. Um, in my opinion, if anything, the gap would just get bigger. Yeah, and how do you do you take personal pride in it, Charlie, having played a part? Because we know it's not been sort of won or celebrated in the way that many people expected. But, but it is officially nine in a row, and, and you did play a, a part in that. Do you take a sense of pride at, at the news yesterday? Of course. Very, very proud to, to be involved in the... Um, such a such a big achievement uh, for the club to equal the record nine in a row and um, give ourselves a chance to get ten, which would, would be unbelievable. But um, I obviously, when that announcement got made yesterday, it was a, a sense of pride, as you said, and delighted for for players that are still there that I've played with, and delighted to to be to, to for all the players that, that played a part in it, and um, as you said, very very proud. Mm. You were there at the start, Charlie, with, with Neil Lennon first time round. Yeah. Looking on from a distance this time, how do you think Neil Lennon second time round differs from Neil Lennon, the manager, first time round? Uh, it's, it's hard to say when you're not there what, what, what's different because you're only seeing him on the touchline and 
Um, it's a different set of players, maybe. That's the only thing I can really see. But uh, he's he's done brilliant again. I mean, he, I always knew he was a top manager and, and um, a top man manager and a, and a top coach. So um, it's no surprise that he stepped in and, and done the job he's done for the second thing. Um, it's a great achievement and um, I'm really happy for him as well. And you would see the celebration pictures. I mentioned this to Ryan Christie earlier on. If lockdown lasts another month, will Scott Brown's hair get as long as your hair, Charlie? I think the last time I think the last time he grew it, like, I cut it for him, didn't I? I, I? I trimmed the sides for him, so he's waiting for me to come up to give him another to give him another fade. Desperate times. Uh, I mean, Charlie, there's going to be a lot of big moments when you, over nine seasons, of course. But I mean, I was looking back at some of the early. Early stuff in that run And in fact you know The one that gets always spoken about Is 3-0 down at Rugby Park For instance all those years ago 3-0 down at half time Everyone's talking about Where Celtic go from here Where Neil Lennon goes from here I think you then score the equaliser Eventually to make it 3-all I mean Looking back then To, to think what, what's been achieved since I mean I'm, You would have known then It was a big moment But maybe not quite As significant as it's turned out to be I know It's unbelievable I mean I remember the season before we um, we were leading by two points, I think, and Rangers come back, and we lost. End up losing it on the last day. We beat Motherwell four 0 I think, and Rangers beat Kamarnock five 0 um, And I remember after the game, Neil Lennon on the pitch, and he said, uh, "This is the beginning. This is just the beginning. So uh, this is not the end. It's just the beginning." So um, it's a fond memory. The, the, the stadium played um, something inside so strong or something. So it's a fond memory uh, and. and the, the fact that he said that now looking at it is unbelievable that he's back there and he's he's the one that's went and done nine in a row is, is unbelievable but as you say that was a massive massive game for us I think if Rangers had won that afternoon we would have been 15 points behind or 18 points behind even I think hmm. um, and we were sitting at half time 3-0 down and um, funny enough I'd gave the goal away for the third to make it three I'd pass back to Fraser I remember it and I was sitting it was a low low point and um uh, the manager came in, Neil Lennon came in, and usually we'd go nuts, and he just he was calm. And I think that was that was a bit of genius for him. The way he was really calm, and he kept it. He, he knew how down we were, and he just said, "Listen, we can. There's two ways to go. Basically, you can just crumble and go under, or you can you can come back fighting." And I see. I think you seen the second half. Stokesy and, and Jamesy were at another level that second half. They took the game to the Kamarnock, and I was lucky enough to nod one in as equaliser. So. Um, just speaking about it now it gives me great memories and it's, it's a, it was a massive time and, and I think Rangers went and drew that afternoon and that was a turning point for us. Yeah. By, bo- by Boxing Day we went a point clear at Celtic Park with Joe Ledley goal. So um, aye, it was great and, and to think that that was, that was the first of nine it feels like yesterday. So great times. Yeah and just finally before we let you go on on your own situation I mean I'll give the optimistic outcome here. We could have been I'm going to stick to that we could have been looking forward to European Championship with Scotland there uh, this summer um, that's been taken away we don't really know what's going to happen with with the playoffs and so on I've been asking all of, all of the over 30s this question so uh, no offence but once you get to that that sort of stage has this just reignited a sort of desire to, to go on as long as you can maybe make you realise that you know maybe things you took for granted you know you, you'd just be desperate to get back out there and, and play for as long as possible after all this I was just- it's, it's just been like really any summer, really, because this is the amount of time sometimes you get off. Maybe maybe a week or two longer. This has been a week, probably two weeks longer. So it has. 
it's just really made me desperate to get back to back to playing as I always am. Uh, and this after the summer holidays, it refreshes your mind mentally and it, it makes you want to get back into it. So um, I've never really went away for the fact that I want to play as long as I can. And um, for me to ever retire or stop playing, it would, it would take a massive, massive decision and one I wouldn't take lightly. So uh, no, no, I, I want to I want to play as long as I can and, and play at the highest level as long as I can. Um, I don't know how long that'll be. I don't know how long my body will keep going, but I'll keep um, I'll keep trying my best. Good man, Charlie. Thanks for taking the time. We'll let you get back to planning tomorrow's lessons. Oh no, don't start. That's just uh, started. <laughs> Good man. That was Charlie Mulgrew. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. David's a Rangers fan. He's in Paisley, and you can hear from him next. The Full Time Teaser With ScottishSun.co.uk Get all the latest football news and opinion Roger Hanna and Gordon DL here on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're about to speak to David, the Rangers fan from Paisley Let me quickly just line up this teaser for you Because it is extremely difficult, as you would expect And I want to give you as long as possible John Smith has been in touch and he says Can you name 11 Scotsmen Who've been signed by Kenny Dalgleish since 1990 At the clubs he's managed So name the 11 Scotsmen Who've been signed by Kenny Dalgleish Since 1990 At the clubs he's managed It does include that spell at Celtic by the way Kevin Gallagher one. Oh, Roger He's he's on fire tonight He's straight out the traps Absolutely that flying Terrific Coventry to Blackburn 93 Yep uh, Christian Daly No Oh Stephen Glass for Newcastle Yes oh, Stephen Glass <laughs> Aberdeen to Newcastle He always goes in with one of the difficult ones earlier on There are easier ones out there And you're including Celtic yeah? Yes Okay That might you. not help you that much But no. anyway Try to think who's signed Celtic uh, Since 1990 Mm-hmm so for instance I think he signed Alan Irvin Just before 1990 But this is from 1990 onwards That's a good one isn't it Alright we'll leave it there Alec Ke- Mathy uh, no, no no, We'll leave it there Kevin Gallagher And Stephen Glass You can play along on Twitter 11 Scotsmen have been signed By ten- Kenny Dalgleish Since 1990 At the clubs he's managed Kevin Gallagher Stephen Glass Nine to go David uh, You've been waiting quite a while What's on your mind tonight? Good evening guys Hi been trying to get on for a number of weeks but seem to got overlooked but hey ho success tonight busy busy uh, time David on you go I like to pick up Roger on a couple of things he mentioned um, good evening Roger nice to speak to you hi David uh, Roger I listen to you every week because I take what you say um, with a realistic view on things but if I'm being honest you've kind of got my back up a wee bit tonight with a couple of things you said about the SPFL and decisions and the people that run the SPFL. The first thing you said, obviously, not the first thing you said, the second thing you said was about the fact of the league being called and until somebody came up with a more realistic or fairer decision, then you think it was the right decision to make. Do you not actually yeah. think that the Dutch decision that they made, do you not think that, that was a fair and realistic decision? Listen... I genuinely think if you're going to call the league, you need to do it this way. I don't think what the Dutch said. I think that's a halfway house. I think that's copping out or making the decision. Um, the French 
did first what Scotland has subsequently done. I think the Belgians have done it now as well. Call the league and the team sitting at the top of the league is is the champion club, is the title winner, whatever phrase you want to use. They're the team that will go into the Champions League to represent that nation. Um, and I don't just say that for the Premiership, I say it for the leagues down as well. Dundee United, Wraith Rovers, Daz's old club. I, don't, I know this won't be popular with Falkirk fans who think Falkirk could have, could have caught and got past Wraith Rovers. It, it's just circumstance. It's very unfortunate circumstance. I think it's unjust in a lot of clubs, not just Hearts, Partick and Stranraer. I think the likes of Inverness and Falkirk and Edinburgh could, could all make an argument that they could perhaps have come up. I think the Rangers could make an argument that they may have caught Celtic, and I said that earlier on the show, David, they might have caught Celtic, unlikely though it sounds to you and me just now, it might have happened. But from very early on, I've been convinced this season was never going to get finished on the field of play. I still think that's the case. I don't think it was ever going to get finished in the field of play here because of the log tighter lockdown restrictions in Scotland, etc. And I, I just couldn't see an, another w legitimate way of doing it, really. I mean, David, understand the, the the point about the Dutch league, but is it maybe slightly different because they were level on points? I mean, for instance, I'm fascinated to find out what we would have done if we were level on points. Put it this way: if you if you made me guess, I don't think we would award a title if we were level on points either. No, I, well, I don't know so much. I don't know so much. But, well, I'll touch on that. In my second point. Um, I don't. I don't. I, I hear what you're saying, right? But I would be intrigued to find out. That these leagues that you've mentioned there, Roger and Gordon, that teams had games in hand or whatever. I mean, how can you call it when teams have got game in hand? It's all lifts and butts. And I get what you're saying, Roger, about um, could Rangers have caught Celtic? Yeah, they possibly could. But you've got to look at it from a Rangers fan's point of view. We've got to look at it and say, there's two old firm games left and we had a game in hand. Now, technically speaking, if the games go our way, we're four points behind Celtic going into the split, or just after the split. Everybody but, knows what happened. No, let me finish. Everybody knows what happened in Helicopter Sunday. We came out of Ibrox five points behind Celtic with four games to go and won the title. So for anybody to say that there's absolutely no way that Rangers could have caught Celtic, they're talking absolute nonsense. Would it have happened the way Rangers were playing? I really don't know. I'm probably not so sure. However, I would be intrigued to find out if these leagues that the teams that are complaining had games in hand. Every one of our leagues that's been called, teams have had games in hand that could have basically turned things round about. Yeah, but that's why they do points per game, David. I, I know, but that, I, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. If you want, if, if you want to go with that, then Gordon, let's go back to when, when both teams we played each other twice. If you want to go back to that when Neil Lennon mentioned it in the first place, let's go back to Christmas when the two the teams had played each other twice. Let's go up the games points by games there. So, maybe, so, you, so you don't think it's fair to call the league after thirty games, but you want to call it after eighteen games? No, I'm saying let's go back as a, using as an example. I'm just saying you could go back to turn around and say after they've played each other twice. That's what I'm saying because you've got to remember after thirty games. Some teams would have played the other team twice yeah. at home. And uh, yeah, don't get me wrong. That That's obviously true, Roger. There's no doubt about that. But I think the, the overriding thought, and this isn't, when I say overriding thought, not from me, from the SPFL or from the Belgian division or from the French or whatever, is that the more games you can base it on, the more representative it, it would be. David's absolutely right. If you're looking for that sort of 
um, consistency of, of fixtures played Home and away That's what you would do But y- you kind of want to base it On as many games as you can Yeah I think you do To be honest And, and also We said earlier on in the show David I think now The best thing for Rangers And I know it's difficult I think Rangers now need To look forward Six players Released for the club tonight I think the important thing For Rangers Is going forward Because Prior to that Major wobble After the winter break Rangers were, were toe-to-toe with Celtic from the way the season kicked off right until that win at Celtic Park at the end of December. And I, th- I think going forward, if there's six players out, I think there'll be at least six players coming in, maybe even more. Next season is huge for Rangers, huge for Steven Gerrard, huge for the Rangers board and all the support. And I think all the energies at Rangers now need to go into looking forward to season 2021, 20, whenever that kicks off, and stopping 10 in a row and getting one in a row. Yeah, David, it feels weird actually talking about football in terms of players coming and going. It makes a nice change. What, what did you make of that news tonight? The likes of Andy Halliday, Wes Fotheringham, uh, Jordan Rossiter, and others told that, that they can now leave Rangers. Any complaints with those decisions? The only one, the only one that I feel sorry for genuinely is Big Wes because he's good enough to be a number one. And I personally feel he's been hard done by because I think, I know Alan McGregor's a good keeper, but I think there's a lot of times when Alan McGregor's performances were very iffy at times. Big Wes came in a few games when Alan McGregor was suspended, did really well, won the games, he should have kept his jersey. So for me, in terms of Andy, I've known Andy since he was a wee boy. He's a cracking lad with a cracking family. I know his dad very well. He's a good friend of mine, etc. Feel sorry for Andy in that respect, but the bottom line, the guys that's leaving, weren't they? Are not at the level to take us to take us where we want to be. I'm afraid. So, uh, if I, if I, if I was push come to shove, I would have to say the only one I feel is have done by is big Wes. Yeah. I could make I'd make my second point, um, Gordon. Oh if that's all right, um, Roger, you also mentioned earlier in the show that the guy McClellan and Doncaster don't have a say in any of the votes when it comes to the SPFL board and, and, and the meetings and what have you. Well, Ed, I mean, Roger, are you having a laugh? Come on. I'm going to choose my words carefully. I'm going to choose my words carefully here. I'm going to choose my words carefully here. Everybody in Scottish football knows who's pulling the strings, right? I'm not going to say any more than that. Everybody knows who's pulling the strings. However... Hugh Keevans? Yeah, hi. Certainly know him. No, um, that's for sure. Okay. One of his pals. That's for sure. That's who's pulling. He's not thing. got any, I'm afraid, David. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, you've got a guy McClellan who still refuses to answer a question from Rangers about an article he did in a newspaper of his hatred towards Rangers Football Club, and going by his actions and his statements over the last number of weeks. You can actually read between the lines. You can see his hatred for Rangers Football Club. So for you to say that they don't have a say and they can't lean on people, etc., is is way off the mark, Roger, in my opinion. Well, I'll choose my words equally carefully. Um, He didn't do an article. It wasn't a newspaper. It was a magazine called Private Eye in 2013. He wasn't interviewed by someone else claimed they had once heard him saying this. And I agree with the point. He hasn't addressed this at all. Um, And I know that is something that irks Rangers 
as a club. I think Rangers, if Rangers are determined to get an answer to this issue, then they should just keep asking the question. Um, but it would just to, you know, get that sort of situation sorted. N Neil Doncaster is an employee of the SPFL, and the SPFL are the clubs. If there are enough clubs unhappy with the work of Neil Doncaster or anyone else, there's a mechanism there for the clubs to get Neil Doncaster or any other employees out of the SPFL, the same way that any employer unhappy with an employee's work, there's a mechanism there that eventually that employee can be removed from that position. It, it would seem from the vote last week that there were around about a third of the SPFL clubs who were keen on an independent inquiry into the machinations around the Good Friday vote. But if there were a third unhappy, that means there were two thirds who were happy with it and are currently happy with the way the SPFL is run. I'm not saying it's run well. I'm not saying it's run badly. The point I was making earlier on, David, was it's run by the clubs for the clubs. And the vast majority of clubs still seem happy with that makeup. Thank you, David. In Paisley, Gordon, I know you were trying to come in on David's sort of middle point there about you know planning for next season and, and all the rest of the players leaving tonight. Yeah, uh, I'm not surprised with the players leaving. I know David spoke up uh, very well for the goalkeeper, but when you've got someone of the quality of Alan McGregor, um, I don't think he was ever going to be replaced as a number one. He is a number one goalkeeper. So it might just be a case of some of these lads... Uh, they are the were squad players uh, You can look at Rossiter for instance I thought he was a good talent The young lad But unfortunately just injury after injury Really uh, you know, held up his career at Rangers And sometimes as a player Especially when you get to the end of the season You sit down you think Right, am I, am I quite happy to be a squad player here Or do I need to move on Where I can probably guarantee myself football week in week out Gordon I think there's there's a lot of tough decisions at this time especially just now right quickly any more on the teaser I think I've got one did Charlie Adam go from Blackpool to Liverpool Roger you are teaming up with a man on form tonight Charlie Adam if I was the mushroom I'd be worried about Thursday yeah he's been studying do you know, um, do you know I'm going to come out with one that's probably wrong but I'm not kidding Kevin McDonald yeah it's wrong well done oh, Roger fire. Uh, Billy McKinley no Ooh. Okay, I'll leave it there. I'll give you a chance in a couple of minutes. Let's speak to John and Blantyre first. Hi, John. Hi. How are you? Uh, I've been listening to the programme for the past two nights. Mm -hmm. And all the Rangers supporters seems to be wanting an ostrich against Celtic because they've got nine in a row. Does that mean that Rangers can get nine in a row, uh, get the ostrich? Because Motherwell can catch Rangers, the same as Rangers can catch Motherwell. Uh, Rangers, I'm I'll put it to Gordon DL I mean Gordon The season was called yesterday Do you feel robbed Of the chance To see your Motherwell side Try and push on And finish second Because it could have happened Totally Yeah We had enough games We were playing some good football Young team Probably at the end of the season A lot fresher Because we are a young team Good manager Yeah I'm a bit disappointed Gordon so you, think, but, you think We've been robbed Of that chance But I will take third There you go I'd Just been, take it I'd have been yeah. over the moon If you just says to me At the beginning of the season You're going to finish third I would take all day long Slightly tongue in cheek Obviously uh, Roger mm -hmm. But but that does in a, in a weird It just underlines Where we're at You know Because This is Glasgow The rivalry The nine in a row Stopping nine in a row The phrase you keep hearing is Rangers could have caught Celtic and of course they could 
But every single team in our Scottish Premiership Could have caught the team above them So it's, it's, it's by no means um, unique to the top of the table And these are just the cards we've been dealt People can, well quite frankly People can think what they want about Celtic's title That We're not going to be able to stop them but you then have to apply that down the league. You know, Celt- Rangers haven't officially clinched second, but 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 that's that's where we've finished. Mother haven't officially clinched third, and down and down you go. Hamilton haven't survived in the way that you would usually survive, but but they've survived. That that that's just the bottom line at the moment. Yeah, and listen, St Johnson have done better than anyone. They don't Points have a manager. Game, yeah. they, they freed half a dozen players last week. They've got another half dozen out of contract, still to sign deals, and they've managed to get past Hibs without playing a game. So they've done really well out of this. Uh, John, how do you feel then, as a Celtic fan? How, how much are you able to enjoy it, given that it's been one in slightly different circumstances? Ah, slightly different because nobody were a Rangers couldn't catch Celtic because Celtic have got two games to play. And the way they're playing, I'm there every week, every home game, I'm a season ticket holder. And I'm there, and I see them playing. And sometimes I watch Rangers on uh, sports scene on a Sunday night. Rangers would never catch Celtic. Yeah, but this is the point, John. You've just said that Mother could have caught Rangers. Rangers could have caught Celtic. Everybody could have caught everyone else. But it just doesn't really move us forward in, in the debate, does it? Yeah, and you'll, you will get this argument all the time, Gordon. Uh, it was never going to be a decision that everyone was pleased about. I do think it was the right decision. Um, you're right, everyone could have, you know, came with a run of, you know, good results and caught. And, and the same, by the way, would apply in France and yeah, in Belgium and yeah. in everywhere else. Uh, uh, look, you, you, you look at, we could never know because the games won't be played. You could look at Rangers' form leading up to it, look at Celtic's form. They were scoring goals, their, their points tally was terrific. Uh, I didn't think for one minute, and, I, and if you look at it realistically, I don't think there's a lot of people out there would say, you know, if I had my last pound coin, I would have put it on Rangers catching Celtic. And Roger, no one's phoned in to use the Welsh League as um, as a comparison tonight. They've made the decision, they've called it, they've based it in points per game. Corners key were only four points, so a lot less uh, than our Premiership. Uh, they were four points ahead. Of the New Saints I think that's Gordon's Welsh team The New Saints New Saints not? yes um, And Conus oh, Key I thought, I thought it was Airbus Oh it was Airbus Ah you've changed it Airbus Yeah it used to be Airbus Yeah but New Saints are the top team So I've gone with the top Well Conus Key have won it uh, Roger and I mentioned that Not because it has any impact On us at all I just feel like that's where we're at Where we start looking at Every other possible league And even sport going And, and find out what they're doing and well, listen. We can we can look. It depends where you're looking from, what angle you're looking from, Gordon. Where you want to look for a way to finish a season. The bottom line is the SPFL clubs have chosen to finish the season this way. It takes us back to six o'clock when you were talking about dust settling and you were talking about closure. There will never be closure on the nineteen twenty in the twenty nineteen twenty season. I'm afraid because there will always be this argument in twenty five years time. If we're all still doing the show, God willing, we'll be talking about this season and how it concluded, Gordon. I'll yeah, be looking forward to Hughes' 100th birthday as well. Uh, what about this question tonight? It's from John Smith. Name 11 Scotsmen who've been signed by Kenny Dalgleish since 1990 at the clubs he's managed. The likes of Kevin Gallagher, Stephen Glass, Charlie Adam. Billy McKinley? Roger said that about oh, 15 sorry, minutes ago. So Colin it, it, Henry? It was a no then, it's still a no. What about Colin Henry? Yes. Uh, Colin Calderwood? Nope. Thought it would be Newcastle. What about da- Danny Wilson? No. 
Mm. I'm trying to think of the Celtic so one. If he didn't sign Danny Wilson, he wouldn't have signed Andy Robertson. No, like a club no. signing. Uh, it's not Andy Duncan Robertson. Duncan Ferguson. Uh, no. Oh. What about Paul Douglas? Yes. Oh, Roger. For Newcastle, 97. All right, we'll give you some thinking time. We've got a few left. See if we can get them next. The full-time teaser with scottishsun.co.uk. Get all the latest football news and opinion. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, but we've got work to do in the teaser. We've got Scott, the Rangers fan in Shettleson, to speak to as well. Uh, the question tonight: Eleven Scotsmen signed by Kenny Dalglish since 1990 at the clubs he's managed. Colin Hendry at Blackburn, Kevin Gallagher at Blackburn, Paul Dalglish and Stephen Glass at Newcastle, Charlie Adam at Liverpool. Any more, Roger? He was on the TV the other night talking about being persuaded to sign by Kenny Dalglish. Don Hutchison. Yes. Oh, Roger. Now, born in England, of course, but played for Scotland, so that's how we usually work the questions here. Uh, Gordon, anything? That was one. No, the only one I could think of was a guy called Gary Brady. But I don't oh, know my. I cannot believe what I've just witnessed, Roger. All your hard work. <laughs> you shared the thoughts with him during the break. He's never even heard of Gary Brady. He is one of these every week. Does me every week. Honestly. Give us the thought process behind Gary Brady, because you're right. Are you talking to me? I don't even know who Gary Brady is, Roger. <laughs> Did he not? Was he not a kid at Tottenham? Kenny yeah. took him to Newcastle, yes. and he, he came up here and played for Dundee, among others. Yeah, four to get. Um, they're pretty difficult, in case you couldn't guess that. So we'll get them before the end of the show. Hopefully, Scott's a Rangers fan. He's in Shettleston, and this is interesting. You know my wee magic screen that tells mm. me roughly what people are going to say. It just says Scott. Shettleson, Rangers fan It says He's got a suggestion To make everyone happy Scott No pressure Well I'm going to try Guys Hope you're keeping well Cheers Same to you Just um, I think everybody agrees That it's no fair With regards to what's happened League standings Blah 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 People could have been up Down etc mm-hmm. So My suggestion was this So Celtic are top of the tree At the moment But they haven't won it They've been given The title But they could have been given a choice You either take the league title and relinquish the Champions League money only for you keep the money that you win per point per game and if you progress into the second part of the Champions League then you take that money or you, you take the league title if you say we'll take the league title we'll give up the Champions League money to go to Rangers Rangers got the choice you get Celtic's Champions League money or you get the Europa League group stage wherever you want uh, under what me- stage. under what mechanism could Rangers possibly be given the title, though, Scott? I mean, it, it, I, I admire your creative thinking, but if if the problem here is that it's unfair because Celtic have been given the title whilst there's still games to be played, how could Rangers be given the title here? Because Celtic may just take the Champions League money. No, no, I, mean, I get that, but I'm talking about how how would that be any fairer? Well, because I don't think it's fair that Celtic get the league title and all the money that goes with the Champions League because in theory they haven't really won the league on merit they've been given it yeah but in U- this is where the problem comes in though. in UEFA's eyes they have you know UEFA want their member organisations UEFA have been pretty clear on this they want them to finish the league and if can't they want the member organisations to then produce some sort of sporting criteria to nominate a team to get into the Champions League so you know UEFA are fine with it to nominate to nominate a, to nominate a team yeah, but you can't just pick anyone, Scott. Like, the, the, the SPFL couldn't put Hamilton Ackies into the Champions League. It kind of needs to be the team that's top of the league. 
but why? I'm sorry, I, I understand that if you win the league by playing all your games, then yes. But as far as I'm led to believe, no league has no 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 league has come up with this kind of solution yet. So how do we know that UEFA would reject it? Well, there might be a reason for that. Um, but anyway, Roger, what do you think? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think yeah, I think UEFA put something out basically saying it had to be done on. And no, they didn't say sporting integrity; it was Merit. sporting. Merit, I think, was the word. Merit, that's exactly the word, Gordon. B- basically saying the only team they will accept for the Champions League are the team that finished first. You know, it's not a bullseye where if the first couple are happy with what they've got, they can go home and the second couple get brought back and they get a crack at the Champions League. And if they're happy with what they've got, then they can go home <laughs> and suddenly mother will them into the Champions League. It, it doesn't work like that. UEFA won't allow it to work like that. They would only accept the team who finished first in the league going into the Champions League. And I understand, that, listen, the basic point Scott's making, trying to, it's like one of the callers said earlier on, almost trying to, in these unusual circumstances, you could see Celtic winning the league, they then get the, the riches of the Champions League open to them. Is that fair on others? Um, no, it's not necessarily fair. But as we say, as we said earlier on the show, I, I'm not too sure how we could have found a mechanism that was going to be fairer. There's certainly no mechanism on earth that would have made it wholly fair for every club in these circumstances. Especially given that this stuff is under the eye of UEFA, Roger, because the the irony here would be then that actually if even if we adopted a, a scenario where Celtic don't get the title and they've not got nine in a row and they don't get the clear league winners, they would still get our Champions League place. Yeah, yeah, the way Ajax have in Holland, yeah, yeah, that's right. that's UEFA's requirements ultimately. Uh, Gordon, is, listen, I would all, I always tip my hat to anyone who thinks outside said, the box, agent, yeah. and Scott has done that. Would it work? No, I don't think it would work. I don't think that's fair. I, I was really hoping for there that Scott would come up with a terrific idea, um, but to try and keep everybody happy, Celtic giving up the league, keeping the Champions League money, or vice versa. No, I don't think that would work. Yeah, I mean, Scott, I, I'm not. Trying to say that because other leagues have done a certain thing that that we should do it. Ultimately, you have to make up your own mind. But is there not? Is it possible? There's a reason why other leagues are just going for a bit more of a conventional solution to this. If you can call it. Because you don't want to upset anybody. They're trying to keep everybody happy. They're trying to. They're trying to make it easier for everybody. But is that not admirable? I know it can't be achieved, but trying to keep as as many people happy as possible. That's about all you can do, is it not? In these weird times. Aye, as, as, as I say, it was just a suggestion I was just thinking, trying to keep the 42 clubs So they would always get something above What they've got at the moment as well. That's what I was yeah. thinking No, listen, I've, like I said I'm always happy to hear alternative suggestions So thanks for getting in touch That was Scott in Shettleston You never really know what's going to lie ahead When it comes to Scottish football Especially at the moment um, Is reconstruction dead, Roger? I think most people feel like it has been all along But it doesn't look like Anne Budge is it's quite given up yet. Could, could we see something change in the coming days? No. Oh, um, all right. I, I can't see any setup that the clubs would vote through. Yeah, I tend to agree. I, I, you know, I'm talking the St. Mirren, St. Johnson's, Ross County, Hamilton, Kilmarnock. I do, you know, the only thing that would save Van Budge is a 14 team premiership. Um, clubs don't seem to want that on a permanent basis. And other clubs don't seem to want that on a temporary basis. I, I think it's doomed to failure. 
Yeah, I agree with Roger there. I think that all clubs will look after themselves. Uh, I don't think they will get that vote through, Gordon. Unfortunately, from for Hart's point of view, they have to get into the championship mm. and then try and work their way back up. And uh, you know, and that doesn't matter what way we were going to do it yesterday. It was never going to be fair in everyone. Some people have just got to, you know, just t- take it, bite the bullet, and try and move on from it. And just quickly, a bit of news we haven't touched on yet. Kilmarnock have also published a list of players that will be leaving the club. There are many of them, too many for me to run through. But the headline, if you like, is that Stephen O'Donnell will leave Kilmarnock, making it clear that they wanted to keep him, they tried to keep him, but he'll be playing his football elsewhere next season, Roger. And I'd imagine that'll put a number of clubs in Scotland and maybe elsewhere on alert, if they're not already. Yeah. Yes, even a friend of the show, he had offers from down south earlier in the year. Uh, I think it's been probably known for a while that his mind was made up to, to move on. He's been good for Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock have been good for him. 11 or 12 camps for Scotland during his time at Kilmarnock. And I don't think he'll be without a club for too long. OK, you've got f- four more, I think, on the teaser. Probably at clue time, yes? Yeah, 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 clue time. Unless Roger's yeah. got anything else up his sleeve. No, absolutely not Right, okay, let's work our way through them Uh, We'll start furthest back Pretty difficult this one Took this guy from Coventry to Liverpool in 91 And he's Scottish It's not Gary Gillespie, is it? No Gary someone? No David Speedy Yes Oh, yeah (laughs) Where does he produce these from? Right, this one's a bit easier Well, I think anyway Swindon to Blackburn in 92 Roger, help Swindon to Blackburn Well, we just descend into the the Hugh Keevans mode of giving you the initials as a clue I like it when we do that There's no John Henry or something like that, is it? Swindon to Blackburn D.S. Dean Duncan Duncan S Come on Roger I'll get the first one Duncan Shearer No not, not at all I'm not Duncan Shearer Duncan Shearer Well done Different class Right two more What about his only Celtic one You'll never ever get this He signed once Scott for Celtic in 2000 From Wraith Rovers Shields Dean oh, Shields God. Paul Shields Paul Shields and yet centre forward Dean Shields uh, And the last one Plymouth to Blackburn in 93 I might just have to give you this one I don't know enough about him To initials, give you a clue Initials A.M. Alan No Adam <laughs> I'm not doing this Andrew Andy Andy M Morrison oh, Andy Morrison Yeah well done Roger You got there in the Big end Big Andy Andy Morrison Thank you Roger and Gordon We are back tomorrow 6 o'clock With Mark Guiri And Jim Duffy We'd love to hear from you then And Stephen Mill Is up next Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Tackling compensation claims For more than 40 years Talk to Thompson's.com